0: Father, as we go to your word this morning, thank you for it. We just ask you now that as we would study your word together, that you would reveal to us, God, your heart. Lord, these can be just ink on paper, or they can be alive words of your Holy Spirit. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through your word, Father, that we would retain, remember these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we finished chapter 4 last week. We go right into chapter 5. After this, what after this? After Jesus was in Cana. And it says there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, which was customary in that time. Three times a year you were required to go to Jerusalem for Passover, for Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So we had these three things. Now, very quickly, I want you to remember something in your mind. They were required to go. That sounds like the law. That sounds like something. But as we read here, we're going to see why. And it's not oftentimes what we think. Notice it says, Now there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Place of mercy. And having five porches. By the way, they excavated this not long ago. They found found this very place. And they found it had five porches, just what John records for us here. And so this place had, in the Old Testament, different names. The old pool had different names. Um, And in this great area, there lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, this is is really interesting to me because you have a supernatural occurrence of God's healing. God healed in many different ways in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We remember the guy that was blind, came to Jesus. And, and, And we remember, I want to see again. And we remember he just said, receive your sight, and God opened his eyes. To another guy, he said, go. He made spit on the ground. M- mud, and then put it on his eyes and said, Go wash. And when he did, he received a sight. Now, I think God does things like this sometime just to tear us out of our mold of God. Now, if you've ever noticed that, we call it faith-stretching experiences. I like to put God in a box. I turn the little hand. Ding, 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 pop, goes God. I like that. I like a God of convenience. I like a God that I completely know how he's going to do things. But God goes, I don't do things like that. Well, I'm so glad he doesn't. God is so much larger than the way we think. His ways are not our ways. And so what's amazing here is God would send an angel to this pool there at uh, Bethesda. And so it says, an angel went down, verse 4, At a certain time, into the pool, stirred up the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, there was a certain man who had an infirmity of 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? That's kind of a strange question, but we're going to look at this. First of all, it says there was all these great multitude of people around this pool waiting for the stirring of the water. Now, friends, there's something really amazing to me in this particular thought here. Whoever got in first is the one that God healed. Now, it doesn't say it was a myth. It doesn't say it was folklore. Evidently, this is probably what was really happening here. And God just did it. We don't know when it began. We don't know when it ended. But the first one in the pool, when the angel stirred the water, was healed. Now, here's the thing that I was thinking. Put yourself in a, in a uh, sick position. You're around the pool. Many other people are around the pool. And everybody's watching the pool. And they're staring at the pool. And there's a little gust of wind. And the water begins to quiver a little bit. Oh, that's it! No, that wasn't it. That was the wind. Okay. Well, let's get back out again. Can you imagine the number of hours these sick people stared at that pool with the hopes of being healed? I mean, I just think of that. I think about about a a leaf falling off of a tree and blowing in the wind and dropping in the water and causing a ripple. I think about this often. And I think how many people around us are sick looking for something to happen. Now, notice it says they were blind, lame, and paralyzed. The word actually is the word withered, but that's pretty much describes the people around us today. They're blind to spiritual things. They're lame. They can't really walk in this world. That's why they need all kinds of extracurricular stuff like booze and drugs and stuff. They can't walk. And they're withered. What causes a person to be withered? Age, time, the cares of this life, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, God sends an angel to stir the water from time to time. And whoever steps in first, the stirring of the water, they were made well of whatever disease they had. Wow. You think about that for a minute, how God chooses to heal people. Now, there was a man that had been there for, with an infirmity for 38 years. Some people attribute this to the number of years that the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness because of the certain things, uh, the five porches, the five, uh, five uh, books of the law. Um, I don't know if we want to go that far, but, but certainly it's, it's interesting to look at. But he does say this, that Jesus saw him lying there. Jesus went where the sick people were. Friends, realize that. Now, now, here's something that's, I think, really important. The requirement to go up to Jerusalem three times a year to the Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles, these required feasts, we oftentimes look at it as requirements. But what they actually were was an opportunity for God to minister through the people who went. You know, I think if we can change our mindset that God is on the give, not on the take. God is on that of freedom, not of that of law. It changes our perspective of who God is. Now, the Bible tells us here, Jesus went where the sick people were. He didn't go down and try to hang out with all the uppity ups. He went where the sick people were. In, in fact, actually, it says that there was a lot of sick people there. Now, why Jesus didn't heal everybody, I don't know. But the one thing we do know, he goes up to this guy and says, do you want to be made well? Now, that seems like a very obvious question, but friends, sometimes it isn't. I've shared with people about the Lord, and I say, well, do you want to accept Christ as your Savior, Do you, or do you want to continue in the road you're on? And they'll go, well, I know I need to, but not now. They really didn't want to be healed of their sin. They really didn't want that. Now, this guy had been there all these years. And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm in coming, while I'm going there, another steps down and gets in the water before me. Wow. Now, this is, to me, pretty astounding here. Why did Jesus single this guy out? Well, was it that he was sick? maybe singled him out because he was alone. He said, there's no one that will help me. That's a pretty sad place to be. I don't know if you ever felt alone. You can be in a giant room of people and feel extremely alone. And here it says that there's no one to help me. Well, again, This requirement of going to Jerusalem, again, not in that you got to go, but here is where God says, I'm going to motivate you to go to be a blessing and to reach out to others. That's exactly what Jesus did. And so he says, I have no one to put me into the water when it is stirred. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Wow. It's almost like Jesus did this on purpose. Now, one thing about God you're going to always find, he likes to blow people's minds. How he does things, his, his creativity, the same God that made the butterfly and the caterpillar made the platypus, I, I I don't know what happened when the platypus was made. It's like God had all these spare parts and he goes, hey, we got a few extra duck bills. Let's stick one of them on there. Hey, we got some web feet. Let's put that on there. And, and you have all this variety in God's creation. Well, God's got variety in the way that he ministers to us. That's why uh, your Christian walk should never be boring. Because remember, the inconveniences or the lack ofs are what and how God ministers through us. Remember, as we were together a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus, talking at the, to the woman at the well, she says, "I give me a drink. And she says, well, you you have n- n- nothing to draw with. His lack did not stop him from ministering to the woman. A lot of times, well, you know, God, as soon as I get this and as soon as I get that, uh, then I can do something for you. Jesus used what he didn't have to minister to the woman at the well. God's not limited by us. I think God sometimes, and that's why the Bible says he chooses the simple to confound the wise. Well, immediately the man was made well. He just healed him. It wasn't the water. It was just healed him. And it was on the Sabbath. Now, he took up his bed. That would be considered work, according to Exodus chapter 31, where you were not allowed to do any work. So here's a guy carrying his rolled up thing that he was laying on, and you know everybody was going to ask why. He did it on the Sabbath. Therefore the Jews said to him, who was cured, it is a Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Again, you might want to read Exodus 31. You'll see that it was a death sentence, by the way, if you got caught doing anything on the Sabbath. In fact, there are stories where they watched an entire apartment complex in Israel burned to the ground because it was on the Sabbath and everybody felt it would be working to push the buttons on the phone. That's now. So, working on the Sabbath. In fact, they have Sabbath elevators in Israel that they just go and stop at every floor. It's automatically programmed. You don't do anything. Now, every other day of the week, you can hit floor three, hit floor five, but on Sabbath elevators, stops at every floor going up so you can get off. So you're not pushing any buttons. You're not doing any work. Well, The man who was healed answered and said, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But one of, uh, I like this. But the one who was healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Jesus disappeared into the crowd, which this, friends, I like this because it tells me Jesus didn't glow in the dark. He didn't have a halo. He didn't say, well, the one that had the halo is the one that healed me or the one that was glowing or the one that had the long flowing white robe. He disappeared in the crowd. Uh, and by the way, he did this in Nazareth as well when they were going to throw him off over the cliff when he claimed that he was God. Uh, we remember then they said only Messiah can make those prophecies come true. And they went to throw him off the cliff and it says he disappeared in the crowd. So Jesus, I believe, looked very common like everybody else. In fact, the Bible says there was nothing in him That we would desire him because of his looks. Now Saul, on the other hand, the first king of Israel, was head and shoulders above everybody else. This guy was extremely good looking. In fact, that's what even makes the whole battle of when David went out to Goliath, that's what even makes the battle more unusual. You've got this giant, some almost 10 feet tall, reviling the children of God, saying, Send out your champion. Winner takes all. He beats me you get it all. I beat him, we get it all. Now, I really believe that it was directed at Saul because Saul, again, was head and shoulders above everybody else. He's one of the tallest men in Israel. And so Goliath challenging Saul, but Saul was scared. And that's why David ends up going out and taking on Saul, excuse me, Sam, uh, uh, Goliath, because, because he had, knew God was on his side. Well, Anyway, take up your bed and walk. Oh, that caused a ruckus. On the Sabbath day, you're working on the Sabbath. Afterwards, verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, and by the way, I think this is uh, uh, interesting where he found him. He found him in the temple. Evidently, this man was grateful for his healing. And later on, he found him at the county, you know, in a county courthouse or found him at the corner bar. It doesn't say that. It says he found him in the temple. You know, there is a, a, a thanksgiving part of us when God blesses us. We want to do something in return and say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. And, you know, there's not a better place to do that than with God's people. But again, always remember, when we come together, it's an opportunity for someone to bless you as you bless them. It isn't Christians on parade. Unfortunately, I know a lot of that has become that lately. But the thing is, really, it was a place, just as Jesus did, went to the temple, part of the required feast, and there he blessed this lame man. Well, looking at this, he said he found him in the temple. Now, this is one of the few places that we do find in the Bible where Jesus did follow up. A lot of times people say, well, God never followed, Jesus never followed up on anybody. Well, he did here. And I think it's pretty important that we see that. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Wow, that's weird. Now, some people take this verse and run with it and say all all illnesses is caused by sin. That's not the case. We do know, as we read here, that sin can cause illness. There are certain lifestyles that can end your life early. And so we want to be very much aware of that. But that's not to say that every person that is sick has sin in their life. Any more than we can say, if you have perfect health, you're right with God. We can't say those things. So we do know, again, that illness can be caused by our lifestyle. What did this guy do that caused him to be lame by the pool at Bethesda? What caused this? That he had been there for 38 years, caused, as Jesus said, by sin. Well... We don't know. Maybe he was a brawler. Maybe he hauled off and popped somebody and somebody popped him in the neck or in the back and paralyzed him. Maybe it was some disease that he encountered. We don't know what it was. But what, you know, and by the way, when I find things unmentioned in the Bible, that is not an omission, but it's that that we can look greater at what God is saying. It's like when... Abraham sent his unnamed servant back to his homeland to find Isaac a wife. And it tells us that it was an unnamed servant. So we think about it a minute. We have God the Father sending his Holy Spirit into the world to find Jesus, his son, a wife. So sometimes when we find uh a lack of words, it isn't lack of detail. It's a, I believe the expansion of that gets much greater. And so when we find that the sin isn't particularly mentioned, I want to kind of take notice of this and I want to be careful too and say, well, I want to be sure that what I'm doing, I like ice cream cones. I really do. Uh, there's a, one of the stores in town that has the, the waffle cones uh, chocolate for a dollar nine. I like a good deal, and I'll eat them every day. But then I have to realize something. I'm going to fry my pancreas right out of my body because too much sugar. So we've got to be wise with what we do. And just because something, as an example, doesn't say, eh, eh, sin, 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 it can be if anything is taken to an Excess. I can take ice cream to an excess, let me tell you. So the other night, we were saying, well, should we go get an ice cream cone? I said, no. I want to be careful of that. And and this is one of the things we have to do. It doesn't necessarily have to be some heinous thing that we do that hurts us. We just need to get our old sin nature under control. (laughs) My old sin nature likes ice cream. But the point is, Is it whatever it might be? And we're capable of much more than ice cream. It can be temper, anger, desires, lust. It can be all these different things. But what God wants us to do is get control of them. Because if we don't, they will control us. Now, what we find in the world, the message of the world, if it feels good, do it. That's the mentality that we find permeated our society. The problem is it's killing our society. That's where the issues come in. Jesus said, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. There is a warning that we do know that sin can cause illnesses in our lives. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews said, This must be the Messiah. No, it doesn't say that. I wish it did. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. You see, what's really amazing to me is the spirit of religiosity that is in the world today was there then. In in fact, it's it's kind of uh, noteworthy that there's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It tells us how the early church Fathers died. And and what's really amazing in this book, we read about James and and John and uh, uh, Peter in Rome being crucified upside down for he felt he wasn't worthy to die as his Lord did. Uh, You find all these different things. But one thing in Fox's Book of Martyrs you do not find is how the Pharisees died. They didn't. They're still here. And they're still here doing this very thing that if they see you doing something for God, rather than saying, wow, I recognize the anointing of God in your life, their desire is, because there is no anointing in their life, to kill that which does. It's sad. Thank you for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible, if you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash Time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.